Plus, we make episode number two, the podcast about making creativity and why we do what we do as makers. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari. And today, I have a guest that is so awesome. I found out about this guy because he and I were top-tier patrons of the same people. And when I saw him, one day I was on YouTube and I'm like, I have, I'm just like tired of everyone that I'm watching. It's time to start looking for new people. And I said, you know what? How about I do this? I start looking up the names of the people ahead of me. And I found this guy, my good friend, Bruce Ulrich. How are you, my friend? Hey, doing good. How's it going? Uh, uh, it's going, going quite well, actually. I am so excited to have you on because you and I, I'd like to say that we've actually developed a friendship. Yeah. And it's it's kind of weird that, you know, you can just meet someone like, oh, look, we're patrons of the same people. And, you know, maybe we can get to know each other. And right now we just message each other and said, hey, look what I'm working on. Look at this. Check this out. Or is this working for you? Or I've learned so much. We I have um, a Glowforge like you do. Mm-hmm. And I've learned so much about what it can do just from watching your stuff. So we've talked about that quite a bit. So Yeah. And we're pretty pretty far removed. You're in New York State. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm all the way down in Mississippi, so it's a, a, you can't get any f- further, not much further, north south. Yeah, you know it's you know it's a good distance when you're setting up your interview and your podcast, and it's like, oh yeah, Central Time, and I go, oh right, that's another time zone. <laughs> <laughs> so it was um, the same thing happened last week with um, David Swiduck, who was my first guest, who's the inspiration for this podcast, and he's like, yeah, we'll do it this time, and I'm like, yeah, cool, and I'm like, oh no. That's like two hours. It's like an hour later for me. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get you know too far into the weeds about you know all the minor stuff that you and I are totally into, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? You know what your what your online presence looks like. Maybe a little bit about you as a, a person. A little brief bio type stuff. Yeah, sure. Well, thanks for uh, the the awesome intro and for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, my name's Bruce Ulrich. Um, I am a dad of three. I've got three youngish kids. Uh, my my oldest is uh, about to turn nine next week. I've got a seven-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son. So things are busy around here. And uh, I right now I work at a bank. I'm a communications manager for them. It's just a regional kind of community bank here where I live. I kind of fell into that. I, I've been in banking now almost 13 years, and it was never never an intent. You know, it's just kind of funny how you, you don't set out to do something. You look up, and you've been in it for a long time. <laughs> That's happened to me. It's been the same thing for 20 years. <laughs> yeah, and, and you may or may not have even tried to go down that road. But, Definitely um, didn't. <laughs> yeah, same with me, and I'm kind of – I just got – my real estate license, so I'm I'm kind of pursuing that. Um, I had it again. I had it back in 2008, which was a fantastic time for real estate. Let me tell you. <laughs> and uh, I didn't think I was going to go back to it because I just had a bad experience with that whole time period. But so I let everything lapse, and here I am again, 11 years later. Um, so for, as far as my online presence, I have a YouTube channel. It's just my name, really creative. I know it's just Bruce A. Ulrich. Uh, I just put up my 60th video a few weeks ago, so I've got quite Ooh. a few on there, and I just enjoy doing it. I've been doing it for a little over two years now, uh, make all kinds of stuff. I have a heavy bent toward the woodworking side, but I do have some DIY projects uh, of other sorts, and I do some leather work and try to mix in some laser stuff as often as possible, and um, 
Yeah, so that's that's pretty much me. I've been blogging for a lot longer than that, but it was never really focused on a particular niche. It was truly like what web logs used to be of kind of just like an online diary, you know, of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I love, I what I love about your channel and what you do in particular, and this is this is something that I can't remember if I, I know it was on my mental list of things to talk about last week, but I honestly can't remember if I talked about it, but I've been tending in... I would say the last couple of months to really gravitate toward people that aren't doing the same thing over and over and over again. And what I love about your channel and the way you approach YouTube and what you make on a regular basis is you're not just making 50 different cutting boards or like 10 different river tables or, you know, a whole bunch of live edge stuff. Doesn't mean you don't make those things. It means that you know, one day, one week, it's, oh, look, I'm going to make a stitching pony, which I knew what it was, but I didn't know what it was called. I, yeah. I'd seen them before, but I had no idea it had a name. And I'm watching the video. And my wife came in and she goes, what is he making? What is that? I said, it's a stitching pony. What the hell is that? <laughs> oh, yeah, use it for when you're doing leather work when you're stitching. Oh, that's a thing. Okay. You know, but it's, it's, it's cool how you've managed to keep your channel fresh while still being primarily woodworking. But the stuff that you do is just, it's a little different every week. It's not the same, it's not 40 variations on the same thing. And I really do like that about your channel. There's a, there's almost um, like an artisanal feel to it, hmm. but it's not repetitive. And I can, I can watch, and even if I'm not going to make what you make, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, I can learn something from that. So you do yeah, a really thanks. good job with that. Thanks. I, I, I try to switch it up. I think I would get bored if, if I did too much of the same thing, but... Uh, Hopefully, uh, some other people will start to like it like you do because, unfortunately, some of those that you've listed, they just have not performed well for me because I'm not really chasing those trends, I guess. Well, yeah. And so that's another thing that I've noticed, by the way. I tend to be more interested in the smaller creators because mm -hmm. I just think that the guys that aren't chasing the views are the ones that are you know, doing the more interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. particularly particularly in our space. I mean, I'm not doing anything on YouTube yet. Yet. Ooh, did I just give something away? Yeah. Um, Sneaky. But, yeah, I, I totally feel you. And I, is, does that get frustrating for you? Like, I know you've, ta you've talked about you talked about it on your podcast um, when Drew hit 50,000. Yeah, I didn't and, even bring that up. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, I, I have a podcast called We Built a Thing, and, and I think recently I kind of – started whining about it but yeah it does frustrate me it does uh, right um i i the two other guys that i do the podcast with we all started our channel channels at a similar time kind of early 2017 and um drew just went over a hundred thousand subscribers on his channel and i mean he's just had millions of views over all of his videos and mark is over 82,000 subscribers now. So, I mean, they're, when you consider I've, I, I, this week I will probably hit 5,000 finally. And, um, it's just been a hard slog. And, and the reason it's been frustrating to me is I wanted it to be more like I wanted, I wanted to be in business for myself and I have that entrepreneurial pull, which is why I got the Glowforge and why I do all of these different side hustles. But um, I really wanted to be in business for myself, and I thought that was going to be part of that puzzle sooner. I still think it might be, and mm -hmm. I'm working toward that. But it just has not been on the timeline that I think, and, you know, that's, that's just life, right? Is there, is there anything 
is there anything you think that you could okay so if you were looking for like a quick fix right and you were going to say if i want i want this to explode today what would you what would you change about your channel like what do you think would get you from a guy who's happily doing it to a guy who's starting to hit the success levels that could maybe start turning it into something that becomes a full-time thing what do you think if you were just to say i if i fix this it would probably give me a big boost what do you think it would be i don't really know because i mean i've attended multiple conferences and talked to people like you and others you know through direct message and stuff all the time i mean there's multiple people that are like how do you know all these people i'm like i reach out to them and and like <laughs> pick their brains all the time but um I mean, I think it would be some of what you said you didn't gravitate towards recently. It, it would be, you know, honestly, for my channel, that uh, Sliding Barn Door I made has that recently really, really taken off. That was really good, man. <laughs> it's, it's now got almost 30,000 views, which is a lot for me because I only put it out, I think, in maybe October. Mm -hmm. um, so just a few months, and that's a lot of views. So, you know, if I were to guess, it would be something surrounding that I would build multiple barn doors, you know what I mean? <laughs> like a lot of people do, or it would be something like I've had a coffee table that's performed well, or I don't know, beds seem to perform well. Beds you know what do I mean? really freaking well. Yeah. So I, I guess. What is it about beds? Everyone wants to learn how to make a bed. <laughs> I don't really know because I, I bet you not a lot of people actually make them. No. It's, it's funny. I remember when, when, when Bob made that big, remember when he made that really big bed out of like four by fours? Yeah, with the drawers under yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And that thing was huge. It's like, everybody's watched this damn video. Like, it's it's a bed video. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, I, I, and speaking of, I've got I've got a bed on the list to make this summer if I can ever get through with this godforsaken workbench that I've been, <laughs> this, it's been in the background for me for so long. For those um, of you, for those of you f um, who aren't familiar with Bruce's work, the, it's been a running gag with Bruce for a while <laughs> that he's yeah. never going to finish this workbench. Yeah, it is kind of a running gag. And then Armor sent you this other one. It's like, oh God, now he has no reason to finish. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I, I was out there working on it a little bit earlier. Just um, I'm still chopping out the mortises that are going through this four-inch thick top. Um, I'm making the J Bates workbench for those of you listening that aren't familiar and uh bought his plans it's a pine kind of traditional workbench was made out of southern yellow pine so the the materials are pretty cheap i mean all in all mm -hmm. it's going to be under 110 dollars or something like that made out of just two by 12s and so you're dealing with some rougher material and and pine doesn't in my experience i don't have a lot of chisel experience but it doesn't chop out really well anyway i think even though Harder woods are more dense. I think they actually carve better with chisels. They carve cleaner. Yeah, they do cleaner. Carve cleaner. Yeah. This one gets a little little chip out here stringy. and there. You get, it gets like it strings out as you cut through it. It starts it to pull away. Yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah. So I I finished I rough finished one of the four holes before we hopped on here, and um, I've got three more to go. Maybe I can finish those tonight, and then I'll probably save cleaning them up for later and, and really fitting the legs in there. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm making progress. It's just being slow. Yeah, well, you know what? Sometimes it's one of those things that just sits in the back, and you work on it when you have time, and you'll put some time into it and move away and put some time into it and move away. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, hey, at the, at, the, at the very least, at the very least, it keeps you down in the shop. When it's like, oh, I really don't feel like working on the other projects, but I still have the workbench. I can, I can work on the workbench. Yeah, it's like a, a trusty while. friend. <laughs> yeah. The one you always know that if you call, like, you want to hang out? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah sure. sure. Come on. I'm going to hang out with my workbench. <laughs> but 
let's talk about let's talk about your podcast also for a second because I've I've actually I actually you know I'm, I don't want to you know I don't know I don't know if they're going to listen to this or not. I had never heard of Drew or Mark until the podcast. I had only heard of you. Hmm. And that's, that's rare because most people contact and say they don't know of me. They knew of the other two. <laughs> which is really funny because the way – so I, I alluded to it earlier, and I figured I would tell the story when we both got together. Um, I know Bruce because we both were top-tier patrons of Evan and Caitlin. Right. And, and that's how I found your name. A long time ago. Yeah. So I – And that I, was pretty early on. It was like uh, maybe late 2017, I think You were I one of their first top-tier yeah. – top-tier um, – yeah, so I saw your name enough, and one day when I, like I said, when I was looking for something to watch, I was like, let me check out this Bruce guy. And, I, oh, oh, these are cool. I'm going to watch this for a little while. Um, but, yeah, that's how I also, your podcast is how I discovered Mark and Drew, who I sat there, in fact, my wife and I, who doesn't, re- I'll be honest with you, I, a lot of times I'll watch these maker-type videos, and I know she's half paying attention, but I don't think she's, like, fully engaged because right. she's not really that interested. Drew and I, Drew was Drew had something going on, and I just remember getting into a rabbit hole watching all of Drew's videos, and his are wife, so funny. He's that's exactly yeah, it. Yeah, they're so humorous. She's she's like he's a pisser. This dude's hysterical. <laughs> like his sense of humor is just off the charts, and it it comes through so well in his videos. Yeah, and his builds are really smart. I mean. He we we tease with him about overthinking everything, but it it makes for a really interesting project and video usually. Uh, his outtakes, yeah, are just they're killer, they're killer. And then you know Mark's videos or he that draw what what is it called a draw, draw board the draw I, board. Yeah, I'm not into board. archery really, but that's what he's calling it. The 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 so he did two versions, one a utilitarian one that was just enough to p- perform the function. Mm-hmm. And then he did, I, I mean, it was just a piece of art. Well, I know? thought it was brilliant because when when he was chatting with us just via text, you know, saying, hey, I think I'm going to do this for my next project. And we're like, sure, because one of his good performing videos was he made a uh, archery target. Uh-oh. And he's into hunting and, and some of mm-hmm. that. He doesn't do a ton of like hunting videos, you know, or building things for it. But he's into archery and he bow hunts. So why not make a target? And it's performed really well because it's gotten picked up by some some publications and here and there. But um, so he's he's trying to hone in on that a little bit. And uh, he he started searching and saw that all those utilitarian ones, that's all the videos that you see out there. It's just just the basics, you know, throw it together, put a winch on it. And, and from what I understand, this tool, you basically put your, your, the stationary part of the bow over the front of this pole, and then you use a, a winch and a measuring tape to pull the, the string back and set the compound bow to a certain tension. Gotcha. That's okay. the function of it. Yeah, and then he just took it to the 10th degree, you I, know, made it out of walnut. and The level of detail. Yeah. In that thing. So he went, and one of the things I thought, I, 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 I actually screamed with glee like a little boy, <laughs> and then went back. When he did the part with the maple, so he took, he basically CNC'd out maple numbers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, smartass, let's see how you get this in there. And he put a piece of tape on it. Yeah, that was brilliant. And I was like, oh my God, why didn't I think of that? That's genius. And, and, it, almost and it just like pops out like, you know, just absolute genius. And mm. when that whole thing went together, it was just like, this is just a masterpiece. Um, 
Yeah, and I actually worked with him a little bit on that. He he wanted to just make this as fancy as he could. So the the pole that sticks up that kind of holds the bow, he didn't want it to rough up his bow. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, hey, you want to make a little leather leather piece out of it? I'll give you a shout out in the video or whatever. I was like, sure, I'll do that. Cool. So all we did was communicate via via text. You know, He told me, okay, here's the diameter of the pole that I turned on the metal lathe. Uh, make the the sleeve this size and this and that and he even came up with a couple little logo concepts he wanted on it and um i engraved it in the Glowforge out of some probably like six ounce leather it was kind of thick that's thick yeah yeah five six ounce and um then when i went to stitch it together well i i turned a piece of two by four down to that size so that i could use that as a sample to stitch around or whatever and it didn't fit like my two ends didn't meet and i was like oh no what did i do you know i went back because i was doing all these calculations based on the diameter figuring out the circumference well it turns out the the thickness and and rigidity of that particular leather i think made the two ends not meet because the the calculation was a little off meaning if it would have been perfectly flat around the surface of that pole then i think the circumference would have worked out but it ended up being thicker and so i lost some of that as the the thing wouldn't really bend going around so i i ended up recutting it because i wasn't happy with it and stitching it up and it turned out great and he said and you probably saw in the video it was like this perfect friction fit when he put it on there he didn't have to do anything else it was and and we both learned that that stitch is called a corset stitch yeah i didn't know that one (laughs) of my that was a thing one of my new followers that i picked up from that post on instagram that post actually went a little nuts for me had like three or four hundred likes or something like that (laughs) and um he reached out to me and was like hey i think that's called a corset stitch and i was like oh good to know yeah it looked so cool and you sent it to me the night before Mm -hmm. you sent it out i was like wow and it's it's you guys got to see this video. It's the, the, the stitching is so, first of all, the holes are impossibly small, which they blows are, my mind. They're and, Glowforge cut. Yeah. And the, the stitching is just, it's just a beautiful piece. And for what it is, it's like, if it's, as Adam Savage always says, if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. Mm-hmm. And it just looks so cool. And I know I have no use for it, but I couldn't help but admire the entire thing as a package. And they put that wood cap on the top and mm-hmm. it just was so I'm going to have to link this video in the sh- in the show notes just because I want people to just check this the whole process out. It's so impossibly good for what it is. It's yeah, and it's I remarkable. liked his mentality of like you were saying, you know, do it overdoing it. But he even mentioned in the video saying this is a tool that I wouldn't even mind if it got left out. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if, if you if it was out for show, almost like art. Yep. Like when people do their uh, their work their workbench um, porn photos and oh yeah oh yeah look what's on the top of mine look at my draw gauge it's yeah amazing. it's got like a big <laughs> dovetail on the side of it or whatever. One of the things I like about um, we built a thing is because is the way you guys seamlessly integrate your talk about your lives, being dads, family, and making, which it doesn't sound like it would work together or like it wouldn't attract much of an audience because let's be honest, people go to a podcast. They want a thing. They're going there for this. They're going for that, you know, specific, right. You guys have managed in a very, very nice way to kind of have the podcast flow from one thing to the other, even though 
strictly speaking, they're not really related. Is that was that part of the original design of the podcast, or is that just something you guys started doing because it was just we need, you know it's who we are and we want to get people have that personal connection to people. Yeah, and I appreciate you saying that, and it's it's probably both. Um, honestly, I. When I met Mark in at WorkbenchCon in February of 2018, uh, probably by April or May, we we were staying in contact, and I was saying I really want to get a podcast going, and we actually knew that we wanted to attempt it, but didn't know a third person, and he actually introduced me to Drew, so that's how I came to know him. But um, so I. I was really doing a lot of research and I listened to a lot of podcasts in the makerspace and otherwise. And so I, I saw that as a gap. I was, I was it's thinking a huge gap. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a hole there and there's a lot of maker related podcasts, but there's a hole there that you could have some, um, some conversation and another podcast I was listening to that I really liked how they riffed off of each other is, um, no dumb questions with, uh, I'm blanking now. Is that um, uh, Dustin Sandlin? Yeah, and uh, Matt from Ten Minute Bible Hour, mm-hmm. which are two kind of unlikely people being paired, like a science guy and a and a you know humanities guy. Right. But it just works. But they have these conversations where they get deep on some things, and then sometimes it's super casual and funny, and then sometimes it's real sciencey, and then you learn history from them. And so that was definitely a conscious thing that we wanted to to bring all of that in there because we are all dads. We're, we're just not fake people. We don't want to be something else as a radio personality that we wouldn't be in real life. So that comes through also. But then, you know, it, it just kind of happened naturally also. We've had a lot of people contact us and say, man, it sounds like you guys have been hanging out forever. And I'm like, I didn't even you know, talk to Drew until <laughs> maybe May or June of last year. Yeah, you guys do have you guys do have a really good rapport, and I don't know how much you edit your podcast, but one thing you notice right away is that there's not a lot of dead space in your podcast, where you're not like, you know, oh God, what do we have to say? It's we have nothing to say. Oh God, you know, it's there's a, there's a flow to it, and it's there's a, it's very conversational. It's very enjoyable, actually. I'm not a dad myself, but I still enjoyed I enjoyed tremendously mark talking about his son drawing the mar- the monster trucks oh, at yeah. five guys that's that was one of my favorite things ever <laughs> i i remember where i was when he said it i was driving on the thruway upstate and i was coming back home and he he said you know he told the monster truck story and i almost drove off the road because <laughs> i'm just in my head i can see the monster trucks that his son drew <laughs> yeah and it was just, it was the funniest thing ever. And it was one of my favorite moments from your podcast and it had nothing to do with the reason that I actually tuned into your podcast, which means that it hits even for people like me who maybe aren't listening to find out about being a dad, but enjoy the conversations about, you know, family life and, you know, the kitchen that never gets finished and the workbench that never gets yeah. done and the saw stop that was impossibly difficult to get into the base. I mean, the conversations that you guys have are just... Yeah, it's just like a bunch of buddies. I can imagine each of you holding a beer as you do your podcast. It's 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 amazing to me. Yeah, and we finally got to meet this year, uh, this past February at WarpbenchCon in person, all of us, and it was it was just the same. It was it was fun, and um, you know, never a dull moment. And I'm I'm appreciative of that. It's it's been some some good connections. One of the other things I will point out about 
about those two guys in the podcast is as I was coming up with the early concepts of this and like approaching Mark about doing that and let's find probably a third person. Um, I also mentioned that, you know, I want it to be someone who can encourage, you know, that entrepreneurial business side of me, almost like a mastermind group. You know, you Mm. hear people talk about mastermind groups and all they're doing is getting together occasionally with like-minded people that can encourage them in business and in life and tell them to stop it when they're being stupid, you know? (laughs) Sometimes that's all we need, really. Yeah, I mean, I was whining one time in text one day. I was just having a bad day and, and, you know, just bemoaning the fact that I don't have more followers or whatever. I don't even remember what it was. And and Drew wrote back, after a couple of encouraging texts, He the, the next thing he wrote back finally was just, knock it off, Bruce. Just knock it off. He said, I enjoy watching your videos. You make great stuff. Just knock it off. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even have a response. I just said, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, because I just needed somebody to do that. Sometimes you just need someone to grab you by the shoulders and give you a little shake. Yeah. And <laughs> That's it, what and it is, it was, right? It was abrupt, but it was in a way that I, I heard it. You know what I mean? And yep. so those guys have, um, I think we sharpen each other in that way. And that may be part of what comes across in the podcast is we do bounce business ideas on our website, and, you know, back and forth to one another. And we pitch you know, video ideas back and forth. And we talk about family stuff back and forth. And when, you know, stuff happens with our family tragedy or otherwise, we're, we're talking about it. And it's just, it's just part of that. Uh, I don't know that group that we're in. It's, it's, it's a good group. You guys, I, you know, I, I don't want to turn this into the, uh, kiss your butt podcast, but <laughs> I really do. I, 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 you know, and if you guys are, you know, interested in them, I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you're into the makerspace. There are, like Bruce said, there are a lot of podcasts about making, and I t- generally I don't really enjoy them, to be honest with you. Yeah, there are a lot. <laughs> I I think the I think the the only one that I've consistently enjoyed is making it. You mm-hmm. know, I've punched in and out of so many other ones. I don't I won't name the ones I've punched in and out of, but I think be, yours and making it are the only making related podcasts that I actually still listen to, just because the the content varies enough where it's like okay. I don't I won't get burnt out on this. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's something else we could talk about. So you I know you tend to vary what you do on your YouTube channel and I know the podcast definitely has kind of a a subject matter. Do you ever feel like you're getting burnt out on it and like you just need a break or is it still fresh for you? Like how how are you approaching burnout and fatigue doing because really, you know, when you stay in a particular space, you do tend to feel confined by the space a little bit. So I'm wondering if that's beca- if that's a thing for you, or if it's a light, even a light thing where you've just overcome it and said, "Nah, it's not that bad yet." I mean, it is. It's probably a weekly cycle, just because I'm I'm very busy with you know the day job and and starting the other side business with real estate. I also make a lot of physical products to sell like you do um, with the Glowforge laser, or I make a lot of cutting boards and sell those locally that I don't post a lot about that. I talk about it a little bit on the podcast, but um, I also photograph houses for real estate agents. I've done that for almost eight years just on the side for their listing photos. It's just been a, a kind of side income that I can do in hours that I want. Right. And so between all of that, I definitely have these these real waves and cycles of 
being down on myself and like, man, I can't get ahead and this and that. But it, some of it may just be exhaustion. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. last week, I don't think I went to bed before 1 a.m. all week. Mm-hmm. And I am a night owl and I can do that. But we usually get up by about six to get the kids up and, and go into school, you know. And then I get my three-year-old up and ready at 7.15 or whatever after my wife and the, the older two leave. I take him to his nanny and then I go on to work. So it was just a trying time. I usually have a couple of like recharge days after I'm, I'm up quite a bit like that, but I don't know. I I just try to give myself a little bit of grace, which I'm not good at. I, I push real hard. That's why I do that. I'm real hard on myself. Like I don't need to be just sitting and having downtime. Um, (laughs) <laughs> so that's how I handle it. I definitely go through that. I definitely get the, I don't know that it's burnout. Um, but right. for me, it's, it's the YouTube thing is probably just a matter of not enough content. That's what I get most frustrated is I can't put out more content because I just, I just can't get the time to do more projects. Well, you're doing the stuff that's actually, don't take this the wrong way. Cause it may come out the wrong way and I don't intend it that way, but you're doing stuff that's moving the needle more than your YouTube channel. You know, your YouTube channel sure. is, you know, so it's, it's understandable that, you know, your focus is going to be, you know, your YouTube channel might have to take a back seat to all the stuff that you have going on otherwise. Right. Um, yeah. From a business standpoint, that that's for sure true. And that's what's kept me from, that's actually what's kept me from starting my YouTube channel. Well, starting my, I don't know, my sixth YouTube channel at this point, <laughs> but you know, just the fact that I don't have time to film this stuff. I have to crank it out. I get client orders now. It's like. I, I just can't do it. I, you know, it's, it's something's got to give, and I'd rather right. do this podcast than do a YouTube channel, at least for now. Right. For now. You know, and until, there's nothing wrong with that. You have to yeah. choose. Yep. So you, you only have a certain amount of time in the day, and you need to figure out what's moving the needle for you and put your energy into those things. We were talking about something, and I was actually, if, if you weren't able to record with me this week, it was going to be a solo episode. It was something I wanted to talk about because you actually, I don't know how much feedback really came in our conversation but being able to express something to you that i've not expressed to anyone else really made me feel a whole lot better what was and that? so um I, I i it seems like i bring it up every week and i say i don't want to go into the details but you know i october i was diagnosed with cancer um i've been going through a whole lot of crazy stuff at the beginning of march i had major surgery mm-hmm. and i think it was like the middle of april before i was back in my shop again so um what I was worried about, and it really, it hit me hard. And I didn't realize how hard it hit me until a couple of days ago when I was really, cr- I mean, I have had an, a couple of orders a day, every day for the last five business days, which yeah, blows awesome. my freaking mind that people are ordering stuff for me. Uh, you know, it never gets old. I promise you guys, it never gets old. But I was so depressed when I stopped everything to have my surgery because I, th- I was starting to pick up momentum where it was like, oh, wow, you know, I'm getting orders. Like, this is kind of cool. And, <coughs> excuse me, I was really, really depressed when I was in the hospital because I was worried that that long of an, of an intermission, right at the time when things were starting to happen, was going to kill me. Like, it was, and I, I had never said that until I said it to you a couple of days ago. where I was really, really, I didn't realize it. I thought about it a couple of days ago when that's when we talked about it. I was just really, really depressed about, oh my God, I'm torpedoing this great thing that I'm finally putting together. And 
I really do appreciate you listening to me vent about, you know, my, you know, first world type problems, but yeah, for sure. It's something like it's related to what you said, you know, that you 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 do this, you do that, you're worried you're not putting enough attention to something. I kind of felt like, "Oh no, I'm going to let this sit for now, at least a month, maybe a month and a half, maybe longer. How am I going to keep this going after that? How am I going to get it started again? It took me, you know, almost a year to get it started at all, and now I'm just taking this time off and I mean, you, you you seem to understand what I was saying, which was good because I needed somebody that could relate. You were one of the first people that said it feels good to be back in the shop, doesn't it? The day I posted the picture of my drill press. Yeah, well, you know, that's exactly what I was talking about. I mean, yeah. you you really should have been focus. You know, you're having surgery. You really should have been focusing on your actual life. I know you were you were kind of messing around and saying it would have killed you, meaning your business, but you and I are like that. Like we're pushing ourselves so hard that that's what you were thinking about rather than going and having your surgery. You were thinking like my business is getting torpedoed. Right. I was thinking that, that I literally thought that I was going to come back and when I was better, there'd be nothing for it. And Mm -hmm. you know, look in the end, I, I happen to be very fortunate. I have a good day job. My wife makes good money between the two of us. We have a pretty good life for ourselves. Um, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, damn it. Just when this was getting going, <laughs> you know. I know. Yeah, you don't want you you don't want backwards progress. Yeah, and you don't you know. I'm obviously my focus was on getting better, but it was always in the back of my mind that no matter how much I got better, that this was over. And then, well, it was a couple of weeks ago. All of a sudden, it wasn't over, and I was starting to get orders again. I'm like, holy crap! This is it. It didn't die. Like, yeah, time to push some more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the relief of it not having died just got a, just lit a fire under me. Uh-huh. Like it's like I, I can do this. And, you know, one of the things I have coming up is something that was weird because you discussed it as, you know, doing closing gifts for a realtor. And then I got approached by a realtor. Yeah. And it's like, wait, what? That, that, that happens? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and in fact, I spoke to another one today and I'm probably going to be doing closing gifts for their clients, too. And well, and just, you can, and once you get some of those, you can start upselling them. You know what I mean? You can, right. you can coach them into, Hey, you want the most memorable piece that you're giving them that no matter what, when they see it, they think of you. Right. And yeah. I, you know, it's good when you have a Glowforge because one of the pitches you can make is, well, you know, customize we can, everything. <laughs> exactly. Your logo on it, guys, you know, it doesn't have to be, I don't even, I won't even put mine on it. I don't care. You know, put just yeah. yours on it, <laughs> whatever. Hey, but. something that I have have found success with that with the with the realtor crowd. Okay, I don't know how it is up there down here. If if realtors give a gift, it's usually something very generic that then they bought in a hundred bulk and uh-huh. they had their logo plastered all over uh-huh. the front of it, whether uh-huh. it's a picture frame or a small cutting board or whatever. Well. I mean, if I handed that to my wife or we got that at closing or whatever, she'd look at me and be like, you're not putting that out in my house. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we're not putting that on the mantle. Right. Because it has their name and, and company logo all over it. So what I talked to these realtors about as I was kind of doing this market research with these cutting boards is I was like, plaster your client's name. You know, I was using the Glowforge to put, like, the Smith Kitchen right on the front of that giant cutting board. Mm. Well, that strokes their ego. They love yeah. that. Yeah, because it's a nice piece and it's right. got their name on it. Right. And then you put a personal message on the back. They may not flip it over that often, but I can bet you every time they look at it, they're thinking of that realtor. Mm-hmm. 
And you know what they, I mean? If they do what we did, which is move into a house in 2012 and start talking about moving out of it in 2019, who are they going to call? Right, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's totally, that's, see, that's, that's kind of the stuff that this one real, the first realtor, she's like, I told her about the cutting boards and the wine displays. I said, you know, these are, I'm giving her pricing that's assuming she's going to keep ordering from me. Right. Um, I told her that up front, too. I said, you know, this is, this is not, this is not my pricing for everybody. This is my pricing for you. Yeah, on this is full retail. Oh, no, not even, it's not even close, but I'm assuming there's going to be a steady stream of orders. Right. Um, and I, she said, well, one of the things that I want to do, if you have the ability, is individual, like, family house signs. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. time to get a CNC. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I remember you telling me that. You know, so that, that which is funny because my X-Carve is literally sitting in my basement in parts. I just don't have the head for putting it together. And mm-hmm. it's just never, it's just not going to happen. So I do have a, a CNC that I'm waiting for her to give me the final, yes, we're going to do this. And then I'm going to order the CNC because I yeah, don't want to order Yeah, make that the justification. It. Uh-huh. Because if, the way I planned it out, if, if I just get her orders, it's going to pay for the CNC in a year. Hmm. So it's worth it for me, but it's not worth it for me to get it without her. <laughs> yeah, because I get that. Because before my Glowforge came, how long did yours take to come? Were you a, were you a founder? I ordered it. Watch, you're gonna. This is gonna blow your mind. This pisses people off when I tell them this. I ordered it December twentieth of huh. last year. I got it December twenty fourth of last year. What? <laughs> I'm not kidding. It took how? four four days. How? I, I didn't even think they were delivering that fast then. I, you know what it is? I'll tell you what I think it is. When people order, let's see, let's see if you're thinking the same way I'm thinking. When people order the Glowforge, what models do they order? Mostly basic. Yep. And if they don't order the basic, what do they order? All the way to the Pro, because they didn't used to have the mid-level. Right. I ordered the Plus. Oh, so it was a new, new production line. That, yeah, I get yeah. that. I think I think they just had enough pluses where if you wanted the plus, it's not hard to get. Yeah. So I get that. I waited yeah, four days. Five hundred and ten days. Uh, yeah, you were one of the people like like Barnacles. Yeah. Do, do you remember that whole thing with him? Uh-huh. Where, yeah, that he got he actually got pissed off at them because they were delivering to customers before they delivered to some of the Kickstarter backers. Yeah. Yeah, he that did not go over well. Look, they bungled their launch. No doubt about it. And they still haven't released the damn filter. Yeah, that's... Luckily, I'm just venting mine out the window. But Me too. I actually have a window next to the table it's on, and I just pop the window open. It's a pain in the ass, but it's not the worst thing in the world. But Well, during, during these summer months, do what I did. I, I just got a piece of plywood, painted it with a couple couple coats so it could withstand the weather, mm-hmm. and uh, like three-quarter inch plywood, and then shut your window over it like you used to with yep. an old window yep. window unit. Yep. Cut a hole in it first obviously um to fit a i just got a louvered dryer vent that has the the little flaps that shut uh-huh and it I has got- a it has a hook up on the inside and run that through it and you just hose clamp your um your exhaust over it and it's done yep that's so what i did i did something similar so i have one of those tiny little basement windows mm-hmm. so what i did was i bought one of those um the ones that are meant for a portable air conditioner Mm. We'll hold a four-inch hose, and it'll fit in that little tiny window, and it expands left and right to fill the window. And I just haven't gotten around to doing it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's one of those days. You know, I hate projects like this, right? I bought, and I just hauled downstairs. So one of the things I hate doing, I absolutely despise making shop furniture. I hate making shop furniture in a way that I can't tell you I hate a lot of other things. Because (laughs) I don't get a lot of time in my shop, and spending time in it making things for it 
to me, I'd rather just... I wish there was a way to buy a cross-cut sled. You yeah, know what I mean? it just feels like a waste. Yeah, it's like I have, I you know, on the weekends I maybe get 12 hours in my shop. And during the week before work, I leave for work from here like around 9.30. So I get up at 6-ish. So I have plenty of time, and that's usually when I get the most done in the mornings. Hmm. But I don't want to spend that precious little time making jigs and making mm-hmm. cross-cut sleds and stuff like that. So it's one of those projects that just got... Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'll deal with that another time. Tonight, I was cleaning up my dining room, and standing in the corner of my dining room, I bought that Rockler, that really nice Rockler clamp rack. Oh yeah. Okay, I bought it in January. Oh wow. It still was in my dining room, and I'm like, I'm never gonna put this together unless I bring it downstairs. So <laughs> tonight, I finally said I'm bringing the damn thing downstairs. Even if I don't put it together tonight. I'm going to bring it downstairs at least. <laughs> and I humped that thing down the stairs because it probably weighs about 100 pounds. I'm not exaggerating. It's super heavy for some reason. And I'm like, I'm finally going to get to put this thing together. But again, it's like it's shop furniture and it just gets put aside and I'm never going to look at it. And that's why when I see your travails with your workbench, I'm like, I admire someone with the tenacity to put that much effort into their workbench because I would never, ever do that. Well, I tell you, going back to what you asked me earlier of, you know, what would I change right now for my YouTube channel to make it take off? Well, the the workbench idea was part of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, workbenches perform well. Workbench videos perform well on YouTube. And Jay Bates is a known entity. So buying and building his, I figured, was bound to do that. But for some reason, I have a hang-up about this project. I bought the wood... <laughs> And it sat in my shop for a year. Oh, my God. I, I bought his plans at the end of 2017 and bought the wood and just was slam busy, i.e. also avoiding, you know, working on the thing. So there's something about it that at every turn I avoid it. And I don't know what it is. I, I really I could probably lay on, on some, you know, psychiatrist's couch <laughs> and then it would take him a while to un, unravel that one. I don't know what it is. It's it. We all have the we all have those projects though. Like there have been, I have two client orders, and there I have a mental block about one of them, and so instead of working on it, I just work on literally everything else. I have lit. I know I have to do this. Yeah, I but know, what is it? Why? I mean, I, and that's the thing. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. And I I know. I think part of it. I mean, if you look at most of what I've done over the course of my woodworking life, it's either done in oak or pine. And that's mainly because I don't have, and I know this is going to surprise some of you, but there isn't a good hardwood dealer nearby. Hmm. In fact, um, you know Tamar from 3x3 Customs? Mm -hmm. Okay, so she lives probably about a half hour from me. And I actually messaged her one day. I'm like, okay, you always use walnut, maple, cherry. Where in God's name are you getting it from? And she gave me the name of her dealer, and it's like, oh, God, it's like an hour away. Like, oh, really? I'm, I'm not going to drive an hour in my Honda Civic to go get <laughs> to go get wood. It's just like, what am I going to be able to get? I'm going to drive an hour to get three boards because that's about all I can fit in my car. So, yeah, it's I just I know I have to make these two projects for these two clients out of nicer wood. I know I do. Um, luckily, I have the Glowforge already, and the custom parts of it are going to be a breeze. I'm not worried about that. Thanks to you. I, you know, when you told me that you use 100, 100 power and full speed on most things, I'm like, wow, okay. And you know what? You're right. That works almost every freaking time for harder woods. So yeah, that's I use what that on doing. white oak a lot. Mm-hmm. But 
it's just like I just it's the same thing as you with the workbench. I just have mental blocks about these. And the, the sad part is one of these projects is like a two hundred and fifty dollar project. Huh. And I I don't know what it is. I can't ugh, I just can't get my butt in gear to do it. And I know if I went downstairs and started knocking it together, I could put it together and it would look pretty good. I'd have right. to get some wood. I'd probably have to order it from like Kencraft or Oak Yeah, that's Oak what or... I was going to tell you is I've ordered from Kencraft. You know, they're in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the first things I made with nice hardwoods like that, I made a, a Lazy Susan. is before I was making videos for my wife um, with some inlaid. It's a walnut Lazy Susan with some inlaid um, maple bow ties. Mm-hmm. And... Just to prove it, this was like three plus years ago. I was like doing it all with hand hand tools, you know, all the flattening with my <laughs> hand plane and this and that. And so I, I really love it. Of course, it has tear out on it because I, my hand plane probably wasn't sharp enough and all that. But it just adds to it. But anyway, it's character. That, that, yeah. <laughs> long story short, I got I ordered it from there, and it was not that unreasonable. No, they their their prices are actually very good. I will say that the I don't want to down them because they they have done right by me. But the last order I made from them, I was not happy with. Hmm. Um, just the I got, quality of the wood? Just the wood was warped when I got it. Oh. And I don't necessarily blame them for that because when you're shipping stuff, things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have just been stored in a weird spot. But I got a, a, a piece of Purple Heart and a piece of Walnut. And I didn't look at them closely enough. It was my own fault. And I was making my infamous book things. Mm-hmm. And I made one for a friend out of walnut and purple heart, and I laminated them together. And it looked really cool. One side was beautiful purple. The other side was that rich walnut. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a couple of these for my store. So I took the rest of the pieces. I glued them up. I put an inordinate amount of weight on them just to keep them flat. I went down the next day, and the wood had bowed. And I guess it was that way to begin with. I just didn't realize it. Huh. And the the walnut was just it was just completely bowed and i didn't notice it when i put the weight on it i probably should have noticed it but i was really disappointed i was like jesus i paid 40 dollars for that board mm-hmm. you know and it's i i mean i understand that that's just a consequence of you know wood sometimes does that I, i'm not mad about it it's just a little annoying i was like oh well there goes all the there goes the last of my walnut and the last of my purple heart all on one thing that i can't do anything with i managed to break apart the walnut cut off the end and I did manage to use the walnut little piece of the walnut for something else but they do I will say this their prices are phenomenal considering their selection and yeah. they'll they'll ship <coughs> they do ship anything to you which is also really nice but yeah I, I I actually the last order I needed I needed smaller pieces I ordered from Woodcraft you know like when you go into Woodcraft they have them in the in the cubbies right by the register I've so, never been in a woodcraft. Oh, my God. We don't have any here. Oh. You know, it's funny because we do have a woodcraft that's in Connecticut. It's about an hour from here. What that, I, that I will make the trip for. The All Rockler. Right, I've, I've the got old... another small place to tell you where to go. Ooh. Let me, let me find it here. It's saved in my favorite somewhere. All there, right. There's a bunch of them. It's like Bell Forest is one. Um, Ococh is one. That's that's what I was going to tell you, Ococh. Yeah, Ococh. This is funny. You know how I found out about Ococh? In the Glowforge Facebook group. Everybody orders yeah. their, their plywood from there. Apparently, they make really nice plywood. So. Well, and they have, like, thin, you know, scroll saw wood that, like, hardwoods that look good, too. Ooh. Like, anywhere okay. between 3-inch wide and 8-inch wide, you know, thin pieces. 
thin See, stock. I, I do work. Most of the stuff I do buy is thin stock. So, and that could, by the way, that could be why the piece from Ken Craft was warped too. It was a piece of thin stock, and right. thin stock is notoriously unpredictable. I probably should have maybe clamped it instead of waiting it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know what I did. Well, I did if it something. has a twist in it, it's probably going to stay in it until it's yeah. milled out. I did. I clearly did something wrong. You know, whatever. It, I'll I'll chalk it up to operator error. But I will say that the piece of Purple Heart was gorgeous. Huh. I've it never was, worked with it. Oh, it. it I, I will say one thing. It's very heavy, and it's very hard. And I've noticed that, like my my little my poor little Dewalt seventy four ninety saw does not like working with it <laughs> it like, just like eh. whines at you <laughs> yeah i get so you know it's funny because my wife and i were talking the other day and i saw you know we were looking i think it was i saw drew had a video up with his new saw stop mm-hmm. and it's like everybody has a freaking saw stop and i'm I like i don't i don't even have like a, ca- a cabinet saw it's like a contractor saw on a stand i've got the rigid cabinet saw they don't they don't even make it anymore do they do they not I don't think they do. I've never. I I went looking for it when I bought this one. Um, I think I bought it about three years ago. But yeah, I feel I I was telling her, I was like God. I wish I had not so much the money because the money you know I'm buying it for the business right. So right. You buy a buy a good saw for your business. You're you're buying a piece of equipment. You'll pay it off as long as you keep selling. Um, but I really want one. And I just don't have the room for it. Yeah. Like I can't. Like I know that. Drew joked about having to rearrange his shop. I would literally have to ch- change everything to fit this. <laughs> Just in. to make room. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where it would feed out. Like that's because it's so wide. It's like what is it? Like thirty something inches wide. Well, like, you don't have to get them that wide. That that's people getting a full like a full extension wing on them. God. Most people don't even rip that wide of stuff. You know. I don't. I definitely don't. I usually don't. You know what I want the cabinet so far, and I I don't think people think about this enough. I didn't, and I feel stupid for it. It's not so much the wide, it's the space between the front of the saw and the blade, which is yeah. where my saw is severely lacking. There's yeah, and the other thing to me is the um, the steadiness. Like I feel way safer using a table saw that doesn't shift and move when you're pushing something through mm-hmm. it, you know? That's even why even mine is not mine's not half the size of that saw stop that Drew has, but it doesn't move around when I'm pushing wood through it. I've been very happy, and that's why I got the one the Dewalt one that I got because it mm-hmm. came with the X leg stand. Yeah, that's the, what uh, Mark had for years. Yeah, it it's it's never let me down, and you know if I periodically change the blade, it's it's fine. Right. But do you have I, anyone there that that sharp resharpens? No. I mean, I might, but, you know, it, it's so weird. Whenever you up here, right, if you talk about wood with anyone, you know, they'll send you to contractor supply places. Really? So, yeah, there's just, there's just not a lot of woodworking going on up here. It's not huh. an art that people do, I guess. It's all, it's all brute force stuff. It's yeah. All, it's know, like I have a guy. And framing. There's, there's a company that's literally 10 minutes away from me. Okay, 10 minutes. And they brag about having every tool you need, every tool you need. We have every tool you need, and we have it right now. And you look at their website, and it's like DeWalt nailers and DeWalt circular saws. <laughs> it's like, okay, you work with contractors. Got it. You're not right. really, I'm not really your client. And fine, I know I'm not going to be everyone's client, but there literally is not a place up here where I can go, like a woodcraft, only with actual wood. I wish there was a Kencraft type store up here. Yeah, that'd be nice. It we would, have a, there's a local guy here. It's a, it's a little store. He actually carries, he's a saw shop dealer. 
he's a festival dealer and he has a bunch of other stuff so i don't usually buy a lot of that from him but <laughs> he does carry some lumber and um but he has a guy that he contracts out to that sharpens circular saws so i've taken my um my chop saw blade to him and my table saw blade to him and i don't buy super expensive blades i don't buy those 120 dollar forest blades oh god no i can't i don't have that kind of budget for those and uh, I just get the Diablo ones that are like a multi-use. They're really good. They're about 30 bucks, you know. Yeah. But this guy, he only charges $11. So I figure if I can get two two extra uses, you know, two sharpenings out of one of those, and, and he's able to sharpen the carbide tip, um, okay. he does a pretty good job. So for 11 bucks, it's worth it. I don't know. You may, you may ask around, see if you can find somebody like that. Probably not a bad idea. I think that the way most, you just farm it out, whichever one you've got on the on the saw, the other ones with him. You know, the highest end blade. I have the 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 uh, Diablo. I think it's a I think it's a ninety tooth. It might be a hundred teeth. Oh, I don't have one that high. Yeah, I, I bet that does a good job for cross cutting, huh? Dude, it is. It's like butter. And I got it. I got it because I was working on something for somebody, and I didn't want to use the uh, contractor grade blade that came with my saw. And I'm like. All right, I'm just going to go completely the opposite direction. This way I have both extremes covered. And I, I started cross-cutting pieces with this, and there is just no saw marks, no burn marks. Huh. The, the damn blade is amazing. And, you know, it's so good that I've been known to take it off my table saw and put it in my miter saw just, just because really? it, does, it does that good a job. Yeah, it's, it's a hell of a blade. Diablo really does make a damn good blade considering you walk into Home Depot and they're always in stock. Oh, I know. It's, um, it's I've used them for insane. years, and <laughs> I do, I do want to get a flat grind tooth um, for some box joints because yep. I make box joints and splines work. You can make them work and kind of force the wood in there, even with bit. the alternating tooth. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done it plenty, and most people can't tell, but I do want to get that flat flat grind tooth so that I can do some more box joint stuff. Yeah, the only flat blades I have are my dado blades, and I I that's terrifying putting it in that little saw. I oh, mean, I it, bet. It can do it. It can do it. That's the other reason I bought this as opposed to one of the small, the other DeWalt's. This one can take a dado stack, and I've done it. But, in fact, the only kickback accident, fun fact, the only kickback accident I've had was a piece of Purple Heart shot across my shop, broke Oof. two fluorescent bulbs, and shattered two jars on my shelf. Whoa. Um, it was Purple Heart, and I was trying to cut a dado in it. Oh, man. Yeah. And I, it said, uh-uh. <laughs> My gripper, my gripper still has the scars on it, and I keep it because I want to remind myself, watch yourself, dude. This is not a joke. Yeah, and that's somebody was saying something the other day about they want to get a saw stop and whatever, and, you know, because then it, they made it sound like, because then all my problems will be gone. And I said, well, you know, a lot of table saw accidents are not your finger going into the blade. Nope. It, it's kickback, you it's know, kickback. or it's it's. Or something, something mispositioned, else. it pinches. And, right. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm looking. I mean, SawStop's not going to correct that. No, and it's not going to correct the one thing I have going on, which I've never gotten over, and I don't know why I have. I, I don't want to say a fear, but it's a really just discomfort with my table saw. Like, if I can do this, if I can work a project that never needs a table saw, if I can find a way around using the table saw, I will find a way around using the table saw. You need to get a different one, because I think it's I think if you had a different one that functioned you know the way it should you wouldn't have that like there's something right. about the one you have that's that's causing that some kind of shakiness or it pinching or or maybe it's underpowered enough that i think it might be underpowered because i do feel like there are times i made um floating shelves for a friend of mine and there were a couple of times where i was pushing this i was pushing pieces big pieces of fur through it 
and it was just like it was like nope 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 and it was binding yeah it was binding a little yeah. bit and i know the fence is straight um i've checked it i know that it's just the blade is just like not happy so i don't so know so what i do for that because mine's a little under power too it's like a horse and a half mm-hmm. oh this one's probably three quarters of a horse if yeah any. well yeah. even even horse and a half is too small for like two you know two inch thick walnut or something like that mm-hmm. you're pushing through it so what i do because i don't like the way that feels either and it's more work but i just lower my blade and either do it in two passes or three mm-hmm. like sometimes i'll just have the blade like maybe you know five eighths of an inch above the table surface and i'll run it through there well that's fine because you're basically just making a dado cut right with a regular blade then I'll raise it another third of the way, make another cut, no pinching, nothing, raise it the full way, make another cut. And yeah, it's a little more cranking and stuff and a little more work, but man, if it helps your, your confidence factor, yeah, I have, that's worth it. I have literally, and it's, it's weird because I've used it in so many projects that I, I overcome it, but it's not good. Like, I know it's not good. Like you, you shouldn't touch a tool in your shop where you go, Ugh. You know, you shouldn't have yeah, that, that sure. weird feeling. And it's not fear. I don't, it's not fear. I'm not scared of any of the tools I have downstairs. I just know that I'm not comfortable with it. And every time I use it, I know, oh, thank God I'm done using it. Like I can move on to using the other stuff. Like I picked up, I had a bandsaw that I bought at Woodcraft and I bought it because it was go- the price was going to go up. I got the small Rikon one that David Picciuto has mm-hmm. and I got it for $199. Oh, wow. It has never been that cheap. Okay. That's cheap. It, it's phenomenal. It is absolutely phenomenal. I plugged that thing in on the first day and started cutting with it like I'd been cutting with it my whole life. I was very comfortable on it. It's the only time I've had a problem. The blade um, dislodged from one of the tires and bent. So I just went to sawblade.com and I ordered a custom blade for it. That's the only thing that's ever gone wrong with this thing. You, nev- what, what blade were you using when it bent? Uh, it, was a, it was the default one, which I believe is a 3 eighths. Um, skip to four uh three eighths four teeth per inch. Okay, I think yeah, that's the, the one. The one do. he recommends for his bandsaw boxes. I thought I just sucked at bandsaws mm-hmm. and couldn't set it up. And I think it was the blades because oh yeah, they kept hopping off of the wheels. Uh-huh. And then when I would put them back on, they wouldn't stay on. Well, come to find out, they stretched because they yeah. were they were little thin ones. They were that three sixteenth mm-hmm. uh, skip tooth blade. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are very yeah, they're very small. They're very small and they just stretched out and I won't name the company that they were from, but they were <laughs> recommended and I won't buy those again. Look for Olsen. Okay. Uh they're on Amazon. But they're a long they're an old blade maker. They've been around a long time, come to find out. But um I have the the little bit bigger one. I have the grizzly whatever. It's like ninety three inch blade, but it's a it's a fourteen inch bandsaw. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to go with a Rikon or something next, maybe like a 17-inch, mm. because they have way more resaw. The resaw is actually almost 17-inch. I only have like 6-inch resaw on mine. Oh, wow. But um, the blade for that one is only like $11 on yeah. Amazon. Oh, yeah. My blade, the blade that I got custom made, just because I heard of these guys, and I was like, you know what? I know this is an oddball size. It's like 70 and a half. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I know this is a slightly oddball size, so I'll just get it from them. And I got it, and I put on the first blade I put on because I was doing the book things. I was like, you know, it would be so much easier if I could make a be- an easier curve. So I put the quarter-inch blade on. And, wow, it's just like like the angels started singing and the whole really? world just, yeah, the thing is, 
it's beautiful and it required minimal sanding even though it's a quarter inch blade which made me really really happy i'm super happy with them i bought two quarter inch and two three eighths um what and were i think the, i spent like 40 bucks oh wow 10 10 12 bucks a piece yeah about 12 bucks they're about 12 to 14 bucks a piece somewhere that's in not there. bad at all they're really cheap and they make them to order and they ship them to you in a fedex box and you're good to go they hmm. they're really good really check really those good out. I I'd heard about them before I even heard about, before I even got my bandsaw. I'd heard about them, and I'm like, well, might as well try them now. I have a need. So yeah, mm-hmm. when the when the blade skipped off the tire, it bent really bad, and I'm like, shit, it's right in the middle of a project, mm-hmm. and I don't have a spare blade. So when I Ugh. ordered replacements, I made sure I ordered two of both sizes, just to make sure. Learn yep. my lesson. And I, you know, because of that whole ordeal, I thought that I was not good at bandsawing and I was like, oh, I just don't like bandsaw. You know, it was kind of my first foray into bandsaws, but I really like using my bandsaw now that I have mm-hmm. a blade that I like. And I've just come to the conclusion that if if I have to have a little thicker of a blade on there, you know, to use it like I want, then I'm just going to do that. I'm not going to do super tight curves and maybe bandsaw boxes aren't for me. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I, I blame Jimmy. Jimmy DeResta is the reason I even have a bandsaw. Because when you oh, see, oh yeah, he bandsaws everything. He is just—he's I mean, like a, it's like watching a wizard. Yeah, G- guy knows everything there is to know about bandsaws. He you know he'll tell you he'll tell you what blade you know skip tooth, straight tooth, tracks um, teeth per inch, everything. And just watching him do sign lettering by hand with a pencil to push stuff through the yeah, it's, it's like, unbelievable. Holy a jumbo, he, he, look at that old man and his jumbo pencil go right. <laughs> Like, I, I, yeah. I love how Jimmy, I feel like Jimmy shows me up every day he's doing what he does, and I love it. I yeah. love it, because when I see him do what he does, and I see you do what you do, and I see Mark and Drew do what they do, and, you know, Evan and Caitlin, it's just like, I just want to do more. Like, I, I, I have resin stuff downstairs. I don't know when I'm ever going to use it, but I have it. And why mm-hmm. do I have it? Because Evan and Caitlin have done about 45 resin videos yeah, in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, they've got a resin kick. <laughs> And now, now the the worst thing that could have happened happened. They did a Shosugiban video, and I've I've had the torch forever. But now seeing them do it, I'm like, okay, now I got to do Shosugiban. Yeah. Like I, I, I it's so bad. And I watched um, other guys like the Craftsman, and when he does a little, when he does a process on anything, I'm like, okay, mark that one down. Gonna have to get the equipment to do that now. Who are you talking about? Third oh, Coast Craftsman? No, there's a guy called the Craftsman. He's actually near you. He's in Mississippi. Really? And he is an, he's an older gentleman. Oh, my God. He's the greatest thing on YouTube. Hello. My name is your host, the Craftsman. He's got a, he's got a whole gimmick. Craftsman. It, it, C-R-A-F-S-M-A-N. Guy is brilliant, dude. You will, I, he just has such a wide range of knowledge about so many things. It's, he's he's a, he's a trip. You'll, you watch a couple of his videos tonight. You, you're gonna love it. I promise. The craftsman, steady craft, steady craft, and that's it. 142,000 subs, dude. He's no joke. He's no. And he joke. has a puppet. The puppet is the host. When <laughs> he does, he never shows his face and he never shows his hands. It's this dude's from Mississippi. Yep. Where? Maple was it Maple Grove? Is that in that Mississippi? He he. He's, oh, this is. This oh, is I know where I can find. Oh, I can't get up. Here, I just went to his about. Let's see. Uh, he's a very private person, and he's very. Um, I don't want to say neurotic about giving out information that might identify him, but he is interesting. <laughs> huh. He's, I'll have to check him out. He's great. He does his. Like I said, he does everything from like 
pewter casting to resin to he i learned how to make cabochons from him oh he made some circuit board and resin jewelry uh-huh that's cool and you know it's funny because i saw that video right around the time i saw bernie's video about um the like the skulls cut out of the circuit boards mm-hmm. and i was like oh man it's just circuit board city over here like it's good stuff he's he's Craftsman is one of those guys I have to wait to watch with my wife. She loves the Craftsman. Oh, that's cool. You know, I'll we're, have to we're, check him out. I'm, I'm actually one of his patrons because I just, this guy is just like, he's got such a large audience and so many of them are patrons. It's, it's fantastic to watch. Yeah, that's great. When we were talking about bandsaw boxes, did you ever see Drew's roll top bandsaw box? Oh my God. I, like, that's, that's magnificent. That's an example of what I was telling you about. His mind just thinks on a different level. Like yeah, he, it's unbelievable. Of a, of a roll top bandsaw box. I, I just it, it blows my mind a little bit. Yeah, I totally I loved it. I lo- I I loved how the mechanism he came up with for getting the slide to move and uh-huh. how he cut. I I still have trouble wrapping my head around because I've not made one yet. But I still have trouble wrapping my head around the the steps of making a bandsaw box. It's really just sad. trickery, you know, yeah. the, the way you cut it off and the order of operations is what makes the whole thing. I actually have sitting right behind me over here is David Picciuto's bandsaw books. Yeah. Uh, the bandsaw box book and his cutting board book. And one day I'm going to, you know, get down to the shop and actually try to do some of them. But I, I he did something crazy. Somebody did something the other day. They have a 10-inch bandsaw and they did a bandsaw box on I'm like, wait, you can? I guess if you just do a really small one, you can. Yeah. So, and I only you have could make. Uh, one, so. Did you ever see that that older video of Jay Bates where he made um, bandsaw scoops? I did not. Go look that one up. It's a, it's an old one. It's probably three four years old now. But um, he basically just takes a scrap that he glued together, and with a series of cuts, kind of like a a bandsaw box, he makes a scoop out of it where you cut it and then glue it back together, and it's pretty neat. He holy crap. I've actually been to his house, and he still uses that for his dog food. Like, that's his dog food scoop. That is cool as hell. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. I think I need to start watching Jay's videos. I think Have I you not? No. Really? It's, it's, you know, it's just I watched so, him years ago, so I just got in early, I think. It's, it's funny because there's a lot of guys who I either watched and don't watch anymore or whose stuff I've never really watched. Like, I just started watching Paul Jackman's stuff about a month ago. Yeah, I like Paul. I've watched his yeah. stuff for probably four years. So, you know, let's let's talk about that for a minute because we're coming up on when I promised I would let you go. Um, who I'm do, good. Who yeah. are you? Who Everybody's are you t- asleep in my house, <laughs> <laughs> as usual. Who are you, like, who do you enjoy watching? Like, what are your, you know, as, as all the other podcasts do, what are, your, what are you obsessed with? You know, who, who do you, like, oh, wow, new video from this guy. Like, what gets you going? Hmm. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think Michael Alm makes some really good stuff. Oh, another new one. <laughs> yeah, ALM, Michael Alm. Okay. He makes some cool stuff. Probably one of my favorites consistently is Pask Makes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Neil Pask. N- Neil's brain does not work like normal brains. No, nah, I think he's like Drew. They're just on a different <laughs> level. <clears throat> so he started this stuff way back called... Uh, Scrapwood Challenge. We love the theme song. We sing yes. the theme song in this And house. he wrote a theme song, <laughs> made t-shirts and everything. Anyway, uh, come to find out, I mean, from all I can gather, he did it kind of as a joke, like uh-huh. to see if it would work. And it caught on. And I think he's he's 30. now released 
30? I, 30. I was going to say 28. Yeah, 30. This this week was 30. In that same, yeah, I just went to my subscription. He's got a articulated desk lamp. Uh-huh. That's scrap wood challenge. I mean, but anyway, <laughs> his stuff is just unbelievable because there's nothing he won't tackle. No, and, and what it's I... so practical. I love that he makes some of his own tools. Like, I'll mm. never do that, but I love watching him do it. <laughs> like, his ra- he has wood ratchets. Uh-huh. He has wooden ratchets. I mean, anyway, that's just nuts. Uh, let me see what else. He's done some... He, that scrap wood challenge. When he did the Rubik's Cube, I was like, I, I don't believe this. He's oh, doing yeah. a and he wasn't Rubik's happy Cube. with it. No, and I'm like, wait, no, no, don't throw that away. Yeah, don't no, you dare. I, I was thinking, that's, that's pretty good. And he was like, oh, I'm not really happy with it. I might make it again another time. <laughs> he's, um, he's great. Oh, I just found kind of a smaller channel. It, it's leatherworking. So if you're into that, um, it can. this channel's good. Like, I've watched two of his videos. I found it last night. It's called Little King Goods. Okay. And he's got, like, about like me, like 5,000 subs. And just has a really nice way of filming things and it's it's that gratuitous just shop sounds but it's leather cutting shop sounds and stuff so asmr from maker geeks (laughs) yeah it really is it's it's very calming um trying to think well you turned me on to you turned me on to ethan carter yeah which i love that i i'm totally into ethan carter now like i've been pushing him to do some youtube stuff because he even puts out small little videos on his on his instagram mm-hmm. ethan carter designs but uh he just hadn't jumped into the youtube world yet and i'm like dude you're already you're already editing them you know in a program to put on instagram i'm totally stealing that copper washer thing that he did i even told oh, him i like that a lot i'm stealing it i'm gonna make that and i'm gonna put them in my damn store because yeah, i might kn- as well i know people are gonna buy that i'm gonna i'm gonna market it as an eyeglass holder and it's gonna be like huge It'll be as big as my owls. <laughs> All right, here's another one that uh, I don't know if you if you follow Wabi Sabi. Wabi Sabi. It's W A B I and then S A B hyphen E. Okay. And it's this this couple that has this farmhouse and they're doing just this total restoration, but they have a really unique way of their video style. Huh. Wow. And it's it's entertaining. Okay. Uh, Sean Boyd, you watch Sean Boyd made this? Not yet. Wow, you watch, you and I have just completely, you know, it's funny. <laughs> I would think that our interests interest would over, would um, overlap a lot more than they do. Because mm. so far you've named five different people <laughs> and I do not follow any of them. <laughs> yeah, he, he is S-H-A-U-N Boyd, Sean Boyd. Awesome. Yeah, he's he builds like really cool modern looking furniture, mostly out of hardwood, oh, and yeah. um, wow. it's, it's really well done. Like I hope it, all the, you guys listening are taking notes, by the way, because some of the stuff is particularly awesome. Yeah, he <laughs> just made a sliding dovetail sofa, sofa Jesus. table. I mean, it's unbelievable. Oh, um, <laughs> I mean, I follow a lot of the ones that probably a lot of people do, like Wood Whisper, and uh, I like to make stuff. David Pachito. I, I mean, I've been one of David Pachito's Patreons for a long time. Are you a maker if you don't follow Bob? Like, yeah, I, I don't, I probably not. You like have to turn in your maker card. I really, I do feel like there's certain makers where you'd like Bob. I think Bob, Jimmy Duresta, um, <coughs> maybe to a, a slightly lesser extent, just because he's more singularly focused somebody like david picciuto or um who else oh steve ramsey mm-hmm. you know yeah, steve ramsey sure. who i actually took what got me into woodworking was steve ramsey's um weekend woodworker um, oh yeah of course yeah 
<laughs> I had never made anything out of wood until I took that course. Huh. Which is kind of crazy because yeah, that's awesome. I, I never. It's funny. I never even finished the course, and one of the reasons I didn't finish the course was because the last project was a curio cabinet, and I just could not get motivated to do it. And I started doing it, and I missed one of the dados and cut it on the wrong half. And I looked at oh, it. And I said, I took the whole damn thing and I brought it to my wife's cousin's house, and we used it as firewood. And I just uh. said, you know what? I'm I'm just I'm not doing this. And she goes, well, you got to finish the course. I said, no, I don't. And I, I want to finish the course. It's nice to say I finished it, but I got what I'm going to get out of this course. Right. And the reality is, and you might agree with me on this because your style is closer to mine, Steve Ramsey's style doesn't do it for me. I know that's, that's heresy, but his style of stuff, I love his processes. Eh, I don't watch all of his anymore. I mean, I, I really binged a ton of them when I was starting, like you were talking me too. about. But me that's too. his niche, you know. His niche is starters and, and well, be, you know, just beginner woodworkers. Well, the thing is, now he's more into the teaching than the project videos, which is cool. But when he was doing the project videos, even, like, he would get to a point and, you know, as Peter Brown famously joked, is like, oh, yeah, Steve Ramsey, he just paints everything purple. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like one of those things. and. This curio cabinet is just not the style of something that I would put in my house, yeah. which is funny because the other projects are all in my house at some in some spot. But do you like uh, do you like geeky builds? I I'm very into I'm more into the geekier stuff than I am into the woodworky type stuff. You'll probably days. like um, Once Upon a Workbench. Oh my God! Another do you follow one. Donovan? No. He had a channel called The Beardless Man. Okay. And it just wasn't performing, so he's tried to rebrand, and he's now once upon a workbench. But his he has some video uh, acumen, like the way he films and edits. You can tell it's pretty. Uh, he's, he's pretty advanced. He's not just pointing a camera and recording like most of us would. <laughs> no, and I've seen some of his equipment, but I mean, he does stuff like organizing your garage Donkey Kong style. So he built these these. Oh wow! Shelves yeah, I'm looking at garage. that now. Holy yeah. crap. And then the one before that, you'll, you'll want to go watch it. He made Jimmy DeResta, gave out these postcards that he uh, printed on one of his printing presses at WorkbenchCon. And it says, I make, therefore I am. Brilliant. Well, this dude made a six-foot version of it. <laughs> and that's his sticker board for all the maker stickers. That is fantastic. So, yeah, I think you'd like him. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find a few more that you don't have. There, there's one guy that's like an old stable that a lot of people uh, have. That uh, do you follow John Peters? Jo okay, John Peters. Mm. Yeah, John Peters I, Art. And, it used to be John Peters Art and Home, but I think he just rebranded. Is he okay? So is he the one? I I just I don't I want to make sure before I get uh, get annoyed. Is he, he has the, the one red he, barn? He did the tool. Did he do a lot of tool reviews? Was he the tool? Re was he like the tool review guy? I don't think so. I mean, he does he, that sometimes. He but. did because there was one guy. He did. I forgot his name. Damn it! But he used to do these horrible tool reviews <laughs> where he would be like, "I'm today. I'm going to compare the Dewalt 785 saw versus the Harbor Freight Chicago electric table saw." No, I, he doesn't would, usually do comparisons. Oh, like okay, because and then the video would come out, and my wife and I would just sit there laughing at how ridiculous the video was. He would literally <laughs> take the saw put it in front of the camera, and read the specs off the box. And then oh he would go gosh. to the next. Like, there would be no actual functioning of the items that he was comparing. It was the most obnoxious and annoying thing ever. So good. I'm glad it's not him because, oof. <laughs> no, that's not him. Uh, he, 
This guy, I mean, he's just got hundreds and hundreds of videos, like Jimmy Duresta. He's been doing it for 10 years, and he teaches some art on there, but a lot about, like, it, I, it relates to me because really practical stuff, like mm -hmm. practical frame making or building a table or butcher block countertop. That's cool. Or, uh, you know, fixing fixing this with resin, or um, he just has a really good good uh, approach to it. Oh, yeah, I think I have actually. I think YouTube has suggested his videos. I'm looking at him now. I'm looking at his website. I think yeah, I think I have actually watched him. So That's here's another. one that I found via woodworking, but he doesn't do woodworking videos anymore. It's called Practical Engineering. Oh yeah, Cody. Oh uh, no, that's Grady. impractical engineering. <laughs> this guy's name is Grady, I think. Okay. It just he's an engineer and he started a woodworking channel like turning and stuff but just realized he wanted to go in a more engineering way so oh, he yeah, just tackles subjects like how do traffic signals work cool. and they're very well researched and i learn a ton from that guy wow that's that's I, I, by the way everybody i've been keeping all these i've been opening a tab every yeah. time bruce gives me one these are all going to be in the show notes. So. You're going to be like me with a bajillion tabs open. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, I, I really, you know what? I could probably, I have right now 100 and, 156 YouTube subscriptions. Oh, uh, yeah, I've got like 350-something. And it's bad because I don't, you know what the problem is? I don't actually watch them on YouTube. I'll oh, really? sit in front of my TV with the Apple TV and just mm -hmm. sit there. and Like, I could sit there for hours. Like, when I was recovering from surgery... I would binge, I would go through everything in my subs and then pick someone to binge watch to make sure I caught up on all their old stuff. Yeah, I do that too. We've got Apple TV, I do the same I, thing. I find it, like even when I'm working on something, and it's, I find YouTube is an excellent, excellent background noise. Oh yeah. Even if I'm not fully engaged in it, I'm still, I, you, it's surprising how much you'll absorb and you'll just, oh, wait a minute, and you'll pause something and go back and go, oh, okay. Like you're not fully paying attention, but you're but consuming it'll catch you. it all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to see if there are any more. Um, hmm. Some video, he doesn't put out videos very regularly, but he's a friend of mine. He makes really well-produced videos. DN Handcrafted. I don't know if you know Doug Niner. Nope. That's a new one, too. He makes fantastic videos. And, and I mean, he put out one a couple weeks ago for the first time in a while making... Uh, drawer poles without a lathe oh yeah that's his top that's the video the top video on his site there oh and he does fusion 360 for wood oh oh those are fantastic oh. like you, you you've already dipped your toe you know pretty deep into that pool and yeah. i think you would like his videos he just did a four-part series of oh. uh like how to do photo real photo realistic renderings from fusion oh, yeah, 360 yeah. i've actually gotten i it was funny because when I, I was doing client work for somebody and i had to design the project in fusion 360 and I got a crash course on how to use the renderer. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's incredible how well it works. Yeah, that's that's something. Fusion 360 is one of those things that I I cannot express how important it was for me to learn that software because it has opened up the it opened up the world for me. Good, because I'm I'm getting there. That that so that course that I mentioned to you, and for those of you. Um, listening um there's a course on fusion 360 that's on skillshare but it's another it's um on his site also on desktop makes guy's name is vladimir mariano and the course is like 10 parts by the time you're done with it you're pretty comfortable with fusion now he doesn't you're not going to know everything but you're going to know enough where you have the basics so soundly established 
that the harder and more advanced stuff doesn't seem as intimidating anymore because Fusion 360 is an absolute mess if you don't know what you're doing. Oh, I'm sure. And yeah, once I'm just, get, just getting into that. I see people using SketchUp, and I tried to use SketchUp. Even at, It was funny. I tried to use SketchUp as an alternative to Fusion, mm-hmm. and then I tried to use SketchUp after I learned Fusion. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, this app is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Fusion 360, I, I really can't recommend highly enough that you learn how to use it. I think you'll get so much enjoyment. And I don't. do you have a 3D printer or no? I don't, no. You, you, you may Not want, yet. <laughs> you may want to get a 3D printer because... You'd be surprised. I've I've been continually surprised by how many quick things I've made from my shop. Just kick off the 3D printer and just let it go for a couple hours and come back. And I made a sandpaper organizer, huh? Which I designed in Fusion 360. Because like I don't need one of these crazy ones that are on all these. I just need a basic one that holds 60, 80, 120, 220, and 320. Five grits. Yeah. I needed to hold about a full stack of them. And I just sat there, I made it, and then I brought it down to my shop, and now my sandpaper is actually organized. And it's just, it's fantastic how much you could do with a 3D printer for your shop. I bought the uh, Harbor Freight Forstner bits, and they don't come with any kind of case or holder. So I actually made a holder that I can screw into the front of the shelf that's over my workbench. Oh, nice. And it's got different size holes to hold all the Forstner bits, which is funny because now I've gotten three more odd size ones, so I do have to make another one, but... And you just modeled that in Fusion? In Fusion, yeah. Well, I actually nice. did that one in Tinkercad because huh. <laughs> I didn't even know how to use Fusion at the time. But it's, it's incredible how much you can accomplish with Fusion 360. And I'm talking about you don't even have to have a ton of knowledge, but what's going to happen is as you start using it, you're like, okay, how do I do that? And you'll find the function. And you go, oh, look what that just opened up. It's like just walking through a series of doors, and every door opens up a room full of more doors, and it's, it's amazing. Hmm. And I can't freaking believe it's free. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. It's almost criminal that it's free. But the uh, oh, I lied. I have over four hundred and seventy subscriptions. Holy crap! Yeah, that's a lot. Holy okay, crap. one more channel. One more channel. Tyler Bell. Oh yeah, Tyler Bell. So Tyler Bell, I, you know, what's really funny about Tyler Bell. Um, he and I have been following each other on Twitter for a while. When we, I finally realized I wasn't subscribed to him on YouTube right before we started recording. So yeah, yeah Tyler he's making Bell. some good videos. I'm, yep, he builds airplanes like for his real job. He works for Boeing. Oh my god! And I met him at WorkbenchCon. Cool and um, but he's doing some he's doing some cool stuff. He's a real young guy. He's only like nineteen or twenty, I think. And um, he's he's doing some cool stuff. It is his. I was looking. Because as I was scrolling through, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to subscribe to this guy. So, yeah, Tyler Tyler gets a shout-out. <laughs> Finally, yeah. somebody I actually know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't stump you fully. No. Wow. Whew. I was starting to feel like I should I should have to turn in my official maker card. Okay. So do you want to talk any Glowforge? Uh, we can talk we about it. we need to wrap it up? Well, we can, talk, we can talk about it for a little while. Sure. Um. <laughs> okay. So... Proof grade materials, go. What, what okay. are your thoughts? So, so far, um, a majority of the materials I work with are proof grade. Um, the Glowforge stuff that they sell. And for those of you not aware, Glowforge is a laser cutter. It's very, it's meant to be a hobbyist laser cutter. And they sell materials that have a little barcode on them so that the machine scans it. And it knows what it is and you don't have to worry about settings and fiddling around. It just, it sets itself and it's ready to go. <coughs> My experience with the proof grade materials has been absolutely outstanding, um, particularly 
the number one proof grade material I seem to use the most, which is the walnut. And what I like about it is it's only an eighth of an inch thick, but there's they make sure they get clean eighth of an inch pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, I do notice that they only have two sizes. They have six by 12, and then they have sizes that you could put through the pass-through slot if you have the Pro. They don't have an 11 by 20, so you can't get a full piece, but that makes sense because walnut always has knots in it. Uh, but this is clear. Like, there is no knots. It's consistent. It's flat. It cuts really nice. It sands and finishes really nice. Don't ask me how I know that. Um, we'll just say there was an epoxy accident. <laughs> um, you know, by the way, fun lesson. Epoxy does, in fact, stick to glass. I'm just going to say <laughs> d- don't try to use glass when you're doing an epoxy pour because, yeah, it does stick to it. And it sticks to it rather completely. Um, yeah, I've been very, very happy. The only, I have very little non-proof grade material. I've been buying stuff from Canal Plastic, which is a New York um, plastics dealer. And I actually just got in touch with a New York dealer, another New York dealer who's about 10 minutes from my office. And I asked him if he does cast acrylic in various colors. And he said, give him a call and he could work with me and source what I need. Oh, that'd be nice. You could buy, you know, oh. don't, don't have to be huge sheets, but you could buy you know, sheets and rip them down if you had to exactly. on your table saw or it, something. It, it, it would be nice to be able to walk into a showroom and look. Yeah. You know? Because the one that's in Manhattan, I'm not going to Manhattan. I'm too far from Manhattan for it to be practical for me to go down there for right. a couple of sheets of acrylic. But my yeah, experience I lo- <laughs> with the my experience with the proof grade has has been kind of hit and miss. I mean, it's been kind of meh sometimes. Um, about five weeks ago, the the you're one of our Patreon supporters for We Built a Thing mm-hmm. since you were talking about it so much, and those those plaques that we sent out to you guys. Those were originally going to be on proof grade cherry veneer, Ooh. and I set it up, did a test of a of an engrave and a cut, and uh, it looked fine. You know, the proof grade has a masking on it already, so it looked fine. Whatever, I went ahead and cut out the rest. I had like another fifteen to do or something, and start weeding it. You know, taking all the masking off or whatever, and it barely went through the masking. So it, you just couldn't even hardly see anything uh-huh. on the veneer at all. So the whole sheet of veneer was ruined. Oh, geez. it's just enough to burn it, but not enough to cut it. Right, so you can't use it anymore. Nice. And um, so I contacted them, and and I mean, kudos to the company because they supported it. They supported their material, and they ended up giving me a credit. Of course, you know, by the time you go back and forth with support when they take two days to respond or whatever, even though that's pretty speedy nowadays, um, it was two weeks before we had a resolution, you know, and they gave me credit for the material, but... It's just frustrating because they were like, "Yeah, that those settings are off, and and you know we are having trouble with that now." And I said, I actually wrote back to him. I said, "Well, you might want to post that somewhere, like yeah. put it in the forum." Or how about this? Since the app is web based, put a warning when I load that as a setting. That's what I said. I said, "Warn people that hey, we've experienced some issue with these. You know, your mileage may vary, kind of thing." Well, but I've, um, I've noticed some of the proof grade stuff I bought and. I don't know how much. How much have you bought other than the veneer and like draft board? Any more than that, or? Yeah, I've bought a lot. I mean, I've bought. A, I've used a lot of acrylic. Um, so all I of kn- the plywoods I've used maple plywood, cherry plywood. I used some of the thick acrylic. They have some that if you can get your, they don't always offer it, but it's called thick green glass acrylic. Ooh, okay. And the edges look green like cut glass. You know how glass has kind yeah. of that greenish look. 
they make fantastic um, ornaments. Ooh, okay. Christmas ornaments. That's cool. I idea. made one for my dad out of a. My wife and I were able to go back to his hometown last year, and I stopped by the house where he didn't grow up there, but they lived there for like twenty something years, and there was this old iconic kind of arched hay barn. And the people, we ended up chatting with the people because his, his folks had passed and they were nice enough. It was in Alabama and Huntsville. So they were like, yeah, come look at it, whatever. I explained to them who I was. And they ended up sending us a picture of when some snow had fallen on it and this and that. And I took that picture and brought it in and reverse engraved it into that thick green glass acrylic. And man, it made a really pretty ornament. And he, cool. he was, my dad was really touched. That's awesome. Um, so I've used that. I've used, I actually bought some Baltic birch, this is non-proof gray, but I bought some Baltic birch eighth inch plywood from woodpeckers. They actually sell that too. Yeah. I know one of my friends who also has a Glowforge, he buys all his, he buys a lot of his wood from woodpeckers and he's had a lot of good luck with it. Apparently. It's pretty good. It's a little warped, but, um, I think it's, once you get to that thin stuff, it's, you're pretty much guaranteed there's going to be at least a little bit of a warp to it. Yeah. Of course, now you can't use magnets because I just had yeah. the air assist. The air assist warning. fan stops. Yeah, yeah. That's they're they're monitoring it now apparently because in real time they're monitoring it for flare ups. Ah, isn't that crazy? Wow. So they're monitoring it so close that the magnet, when it does any interference on that fan, it flags it so that there won't be a flare up and it stops. Huh. So if it passes over, because previously I was using those those big bar magnets that are like two millimeters thick, you know, neodymium, really strong stuff to hold down eighth inch wood. Mm-hmm. And now if it passes over that, it throws a warning. Oh wow! I, it's funny. Yeah. The first time I saw that was in on the Facebook group. Somebody said, you know, my my air assist fan keeps turning off. By the way, I just got two sheets of that acrylic that you just talked about. Um, they do have it in the Glowforge shop right now. Yeah, I'm about to buy some more. I saw it was I saw it was in there again. It's good stuff. Like especially come Christmas time, you want to have it around, make some make some ornaments. It's a good idea. Um, yeah, somebody said like my my air assist fan keeps stopping, and it's like somebody just goes, "Do you by any chance have any magnets installed?" And she's like, "Yeah," and he goes, "Take the magnets off and try again." And after that, she made herself some honeycomb pins to hold her stuff down instead. Yeah, which I have I've the not honeycomb made. pins, but they're a pain. Yeah, I can't imagine fiddling with those to get them in there. I just, I would sooner use like I would sooner just use masking tape and hold it down and make sure it's away from where the laser is going to cut. Which, by the way, I've seen on more expensive lasers. So if they can do it, there's no reason I can't do it with the Glowforge. But yeah, and I've seen people do that with um, CNC routers. Like if it's a real thin piece of wood, they'll just yeah. get a bunch of masking tape off, you know, off where they're cutting and mm-hmm. just mask the crap out of it, yeah. and it works. Yeah, I, I, if I've, I'm pretty sure I remember. Um, Evan and Caitlin doing something where it was an awkward shape or size and they just masking taped the hell out of it to hold it down onto the bed. So, yeah, well, here's, it's... The, here's the crazy thing with the magnets. So somebody brought this up because I was I was griping about that on their forums, just having some issues here and there. And then that air assist was just the, the most recent thing because I was nine minutes into an 11 minute engrave and then oh. it stops and it doesn't pause the job or whatever. Nope, like that print job is done. Yep. And even with the new alignment, I wasn't able to line it back up. I tried and it wasn't, it wasn't working. So that piece was ruined anyway. So I was griping on there and a a long time glow forger. Like he was one of the ones that had the the pre-release units. Mm -hmm. 
he got on there when when someone else was saying, oh well, it was Glenforge's. It was never their official position to use magnets here and there. That's not but. True. He recalled, and I remember this now too, the CEO, Dan, saying that they purposefully went with a high-grade steel honeycomb. So you, you know, could. The, right. Why yeah, would they yeah, go yeah. with a steel instead totally. of aluminum? No, that's just, it doesn't make sense. And, cause, and, and, the, and the weird part is a lot of even the higher-end laser cutters, they're aluminum. Right. They're aluminum. Yeah, no, that's, that's horse crap. And so, in fact, and on their on the Glowforge forums, there have been official people from the forums suggesting people use magnets for thinner stuff like veneer. No, that's, that's right. no, that's just not true. Sorry. Do you know what they recommend to hold down if your piece is warped? What? Some some cut off pieces of proof grade material. Is that going to hold down anything? What the hell? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the dumbest. Yeah, let me thing take I've some draft heard. board and I'll just lay it on top of the veneer and then watch the whole thing become a fireball when it I sails mean, under the laser. That's just that's unheard of. <sighs> So I actually bought some of the um, the proof grade leather when I had some some credits and stuff, but I've never used it. I've used my own leather. I used I used the proof grade leather for the Mother's Day bookmarks. They turned out pretty good. Yeah, um, it's natural leather, which boy I had to learn what that meant. Um, I have to learn how to give it that smooth, like processed leather feel. I don't know. I didn't know how to do it, but it, it worked. Need some wax. It, that's all it is. It's just the the wax. I always oil, wondered. Oil and or wax. Gotcha. Okay. I have to play with it a little bit, but I was happy with the results, and they went over huge. The design, one of the, one of the people who got the bookmark said, you need to make stuff with this design on it. Hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. There I you remember go. you posted them. I can't recall the design off the it was of the head. It was mother in, like, 25 different languages. Oh, cool. Yeah, it it. To, it, what, they went over huge on Mother's Day. I never know what's going to do well. That maybe that's what. Let, let's end it here. Let's end it here. Let, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. How often do you make something for somebody, you know, custom or otherwise? But you're making something for somebody where you go, I don't think I don't know if they're going to like this, and you just beat yourself up over it until they go, I love this. This is amazing. Like, do you do you still have? I know you've been doing this longer yeah. than I have. So do you still get those feels? Yeah, I'm. I'm hard on myself, like I said. So I pretty often, you know, think I talk talk myself down, and you know, my wife's like, "Oh, I love that," or you know, I give it to somebody else, or like, "Oh my gosh!" And I constantly hear them telling other people about it. And I'm like, "Oh, I just, you know, it's just this." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm bad. I'm bad with that. Like, I just had a custom order for a couple of necklaces. It was one person she ordered four of them, but she wanted all of them, not the standard one that I had in my store. And I'm like, oh shit, I, I I don't know. It's like I don't have any confidence. Like I was confident putting them in the store. Like these are beautiful. These are gonna sell. Then the first custom order comes in, which is only a mild variation, and I'm immediately like, oh god, I hope she likes these. I hope <laughs> I hope they're okay. And I she loved them, right? She absolutely loved them. She freaked out. She said the only reason she's not posting them on Facebook is because the people she's giving them to as gifts haven't seen them yet. Right. But once everybody that's getting them gets them, she wants. She actually asked me for more business cards. Oh, yeah, that's great. So she's going to share you around. Uh-huh. And I was like, I got to just get out of my own head. Mm-hmm. And I knew you would I knew you would relate because you and I, different parts of the country, different experiences in the makerspace, I think you and I are very similar people. Because mm-hmm. the fact that you just said, you know, you talk yourself down, I do that all the time. I did a custom cutting board for a client, the, f- the only one I've ever done, custom. Um, and she wanted a polar bear cutting board. Hmm. And I did it. And it looked amazing. And I agonized over it while it was shipping to her. 
because I was like, oh my God, she spent so much on this and I really, really hope she likes it. I, I, I was already, <coughs> I was already to be like, I'll give you a credit back. I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll refund you some of the money if you're not happy. I was ready. I was talk. I was going through how I was going to talk it down and deal with her hating it before she ever got the package to say that she loved it. And then she, yeah, she ended up loving it. She loved it. She actually messaged me the other day and told me that her husband was using the cutting board and they were thinking of me and hoping I was doing well with my next round of chemo. Huh. Holy awesome. crap. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, that maybe that's, you know, all, my blog posts always have a takeaway. Maybe that's the takeaway for this episode is if you're, if you're a maker and you're in the maker space, you know, stay. Don't be so hard on yourself. Cut yourself a little slack. Yeah, give yourself a little bit of space. Let you know your your clients and your customers and the people you're making stuff for will probably love what you're making for them. And I don't want to, you know, maybe they'll blow a little bit of sunshine off your butt, but they may tell you they like it just because you did it. You'll never know, so don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> you're never going to know who's being honest with you about it, so don't even think about it. Just let it go. Enjoy and. Accept, accept the praise and go on to your next project. Yep. That's good, good words. So, Bruce, you want to uh, give us where we can find you on the interwebs? Yeah, sure. Uh, my YouTube channel is just youtube.com slash Bruce A. Ulrich. And that's U-L-R-I-C-H. I am at Brewdaddy on Instagram. And um, Facebook is similar. Everywhere else except Instagram and, and Twitter those are my two odd ones. I've had that Brew Daddy f- handle for a long time, <laughs> but I'm Bruce A. Ulrich everywhere else. Cool, cool, yeah. And Bruce, by the way, guys, if you're not if you're not following him on YouTube, Bruce is a, a very good follow on YouTube. His his style of video, it's just it. We you know we joked before about someone being ASMR for makers, but Bruce just has this soothing, nice voice, and his videos are always look nice, and everything looks really cool when it's done. He has, I love. I this is just an aesthetic thing. I love how you sit in that on that bench in every video. <laughs> I've had multiple people say that. They, it's just they like so. That. It's like you know how David Picciuto always says, like the the one day he didn't wear a, a red shirt, everyone noticed it, and he started wearing the red shirt again. Mm-hmm. That bench is your red shirt. Really? Like, yeah, dude, you got to be on the bench every time. It's, well, and I made that bench, so well, it makes there sense. You go. Yeah, you got to be on the bench forever and ever and ever now. You, you'll never do a video without starting it on the bench and ending it on the bench. So. Well, I like that. Yeah, it's, it's a good intro-outro spot. And it is. It's, it's a pretty spot on my, on my well, side porch there. I'll tell, you what it, I'll tell you what it does, and this is something that, you know, I think a lot of YouTubers can actually learn from. And I, I know I said we're going to clut it, but I have, to, I have to just say this. When, when you start your videos that way, I connect with you. Oh, really? And then I'm connected with you for the life of the video. And then when you come back to it at the end, I'm still connected to you. I feel like we just had a conversation about what you're making. So it's a really good vibe. Bob is the only other one that I can think of off the top of my head that does it that well. You know, he opens every video with, hi, I'm Bob. I like to make stuff. Today we're going to make a shirt. And Uh then at the end, it's always... A quick rap and it's out. But he's always he's there at the beginning. He bookends his videos really well. He doesn't just cut them at the end and jump into making them. And I love I love the way you do that. I love that you have this this nice calming personality. It just it all just works. So if you're not following Bruce on Twitter on YouTube, damn it, 
what are you doing with your life? Go follow Bruce on YouTube. <laughs> and follow him on Twitter, too, because he actually does use Twitter. And Instagram, actually, probably more than Twitter. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm pretty active on Instagram. Very active. Even with He actually even does stories. You actually are one of the people that got me off my ass to start doing my stories again. So. I, had, I haven't been doing them that long, and I don't do it every day for sure. No, nah, me neither, but I do it more than I used to, which the last – it was funny. I did one – the first one I did a couple of days ago, I looked, and the one before it was done last April. Hmm. So I was like, yeah, I haven't put anything in my stories for a long time. So. Yeah, if nothing else, people are, are sitting there watching, and when it gets auto-fed to them, you just get some more eyeballs on your on your stuff. You and, know? Uh, and that's what we're all trying to get. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're all trying to at least get a little piece of the eyeball pie. Eyeballs, some more engagement, and I, I have a lot of good chats. You know, that's, yep. that's where we talk a good bit here and there. And yep. It's fun. I think we're gonna. I think we can leave it there. Thank you so much, Bruce. I really appreciate. It. I know it was very short yeah. notice, and I appreciate you popping on with me. Yeah, I um, appreciate it. This was fun. And um, guys, if you want to find out more about the show, you want to see the show notes. If you go to vincentmferrari.com/podcast, you can see the prior episodes. You can see the show notes for all the episodes, and you can see the platforms we're currently available on. I know we're not everywhere yet. It's taking a long time to get through to like Apple and the others, but we are on Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're in a couple of good spots. So share the show, review the show on the platform you're listening on. If you like the show, let someone else know about it. And uh, that's going to do it for this week. We'll be back again next week. I don't know whether it's going to be me or me with a guest. You never know what you're going to get on this one. But until next time, have a great week, everybody. 